0: Thank you for joining Dayspring Christian Church today. Our aim is to share the transforming love and power of Jesus Christ. Please enjoy a Sunday sermon already in progress. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9 to 6. Just continuing with the back to basics, looking at the body of Christ. And... um, it continued, Paul is already talking, but I'm picking up at verse 9. He says, what does he uh, ascended mean except that he also descended to a lower earthly region? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the, the whole universe. So Christ himself, pay attention to this, Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind teaching and by cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Praise the Lord. From him, the whole body joint and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work as each part does its work and so let's just get into it this morning the first thing we have to be reminded of is every member of the body is needed and is important right we talked about last week that we are the church the building is not the church we are the church and I think it's such a strategic thing that God may be doing in spring, where he's wanting us to get a, a connected to the fact that we are the church's people. And while we're waiting for a building, right, while we're giving and, and praying and believing for a building, but he wants us to get back to the place of understanding and living and moving as, as, as the church of Jesus Christ. And so we read, um, for the last couple of weeks, First Corinthians 12, where it talked about the body, right? And, and the need for each part of the body and how the body feels, um, our natural body feels when one part of the body is hurting and how, you know, one part can't say to the other part that we don't need you. Every part of the body is needed and important. Every part of your body right now is important and is needed. It says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Now stop and think about that, just practically. Right? Does the eye need the hand? Does the eye need the hand? Tell the eye to go pick up something that it sees. The eye can only look at it. But the eye needs the hand. The eye sees a a delicious cookie and it wants the cookie. But the eye has to cooperate with the hand for the hand to reach out to get the the cookie. So the, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Neither can the hand say to the eye, I have no need of you. Now, I really thought about that one because there's, there's times when my back is itching and my eye can't see it, and my hand is reaching back to be able to scratch my back. Come on, you've been there yourself. Well, you can't see it, but you're feeling it. But you have you ever tried to reach in the couch to find something that has got in there? And what is your hand doing? Your hand is trying to see. It's feeling. It's feeling. It's trying to see, you can't see it, but you're hoping to feel it. Your eye can't see it, but it's hoping to feel it. Every part of the body is important. And Paul was trying to communicate to us, look, look, look the, the, the eye needs the hand as the hand needs the eye. The same thing he says, that the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Have have, have the head think about where it wants to go and try and try to get there on its own. Right, try try, try to have the head get up in the morning and try to go to work. The the head can't move unless the feet are cooperating with the the head. It can't. So the head can't say to the feet, I have no need of you because all the head can do is, the head head can't do anything. The head can't. And the same thing applies within the body of Christ. As the head, as the lead pastor, I can't do anything without the feet, without the hands. All I can do is, hey, God is God is leading us over there. God, God is taking us to, to, to that building. God is trying to get us to, to take the light to dark. All I can do is give the vision. All I can do is is is, is talk about, hey, we need to go over there. But I need the feet, I need the legs, I need the, the knees. And Paul's trying to get us to understand that as the head, you can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And the feet can't say to the head, I don't need you. He says, we're, we, we, every part of the body is needed and is important. And so you are important to the body of Christ. Don't ever think that that, you're just sitting by or you're just spectating or you're not getting involved or helping or or serving in any way that that everyone else will survive. Everyone else will do it. They'll do it. And they may survive. And they may may be able to to, to move forward. But we need every part of the body functioning. Every part of the body functioning. And the, the parts of the body that are functioning, they need to work together right? Suppose I was here uh, uh, speaking to you this morning, and my my hand wanted to do its own thing. Suppose while I was speaking to you and and, and trying to communicate the Word of God, and all of a sudden my hand comes out of nowhere, and it all of a sudden wants to pick my nose without me even wanting it Is what Paul's trying to say. We all have to work together. My hand has to help me to express, or my hand has to help me in the service of the Lord. So the whole body works together the same way in the body of Christ. A member of the body of Christ just can't go and start doing what they want to do. Right? The body's just doing what it wants to do. Paul says we all have to work together, and we have to be together, the body of Christ. And we can't say we have no need. We need you, church. Every one of you that is on Zoom, we need you. The body of Christ needs you. Jesus Christ needs you for his body to function. We cannot move forward without you. We need you in the name of Jesus And so Paul then talks about the importance of these spiritual gifts. So what are these spiritual gifts? Well, spiritual gifts are these special abilities that Almighty God gives to every believer in Christ for the purpose of building up the body to maturity. So when a person comes to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are automatically given spiritual gifts at conversion. At conversion, you're automatically given spiritual gifts. So if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you have a spiritual gift. You have at least one spiritual gift. And everybody usually wants to know what their spiritual gift is. And I've really benefited from two words over the years in helping people understand how to know and to find out what your spiritual gift is. And the two words are this, functioning and flourishing functioning and flourishing, right? The gifts in the hands of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit and the life of the the individual will flourish, right? We may be functioning in particular areas, but there's certain areas where we flourish. Church, remember flourishing or functioning. Am I functioning or am I flourishing? so uh, getting gifts has to do with flourishing a spiritual gift is not merely for functioning Uh, so let me give you an idea of what i'm talking about it's like what i talked to you with with hospitality i i I don't have the gift of hospitality. i can be hospitable but i don't have the gift of hospitality in other words if it's required for me to be hospitable i will just be functioning in the gift of hospitality because it's not my gift I'll just be functioning in the gift. But yet pastoring and shepherding, that's my gift. I flourish as a pastor. I flourish in caring for people, wanting to see people grow and mature in Christ and become all that God wants them to be, to be the mature believer in God, to to see where they're at, to to, to help them fight the enemy, to to teach them how to get the tools of the kingdom in order so that they may grow uh, themselves and, and mature in Christ. That I flourish in that. That's why it's hard for me sometimes to have a day off. Because on my day off, I'm thinking about people. I'll find myself messaging people, "How are you doing? How are things going?" And then I realize, "Oh, it's my day off. I'm going to get in trouble because I'm I'm still trying to pastor on my day off because it's flourishing." But ask me to to be hospitable, you you you'll literally sit there and, and die of a thirst of water because I don't necessarily will clue in that you need a a cup of water. Where where Pastor Lori flourishes in hospitality. There's some of you that flourish in hospitality. Barb flourishes in hospitality. Right, uh, Sheila and, and Everton flourish in hospitality. They just know what to do and how to do it, but just flourish in it. Even as Camille gave her, 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 her word of encouragement and her testimony, as she talked about you know the organization that she was doing, she flourishes in that. She, she says she enjoys it. What, what kind of nonsense is that? She says she enjoys it. That's flourishing. That's not just functioning. And some of us may be in a position where we are needed, and so we're functioning, but yet we still need to be looking for that era where we are flourishing. And so so I may be able to administer things and organize things, right? Administration, if we don't have a, a church administrator, I will function, I'll do what needs to be done. But I'm not flourishing in that in that area. When it comes to leadership, I'm flourishing in leadership. I want to I want to make sure we're moving in a direction. I want to make sure that we're we're taking the steps to get where I'm going. I'm not good at maybe laying out the details of what those are. The administrators do that. Those who have the gift of administration that can take the, the the vision and bring it down to details they flourish in that. They love the planning of all that. I just love to give the dream. I just love to say, hey, this is what God's doing. God is saying, day Spring, I'm providing a building for you. We're going to be in a church building the dream but i need those who have the gift of administration who love to be able to take the details and break it down to strategies what do we need to do how are we going to get there what is the roadmap for us to take to get there those people when you travel with them they're asking you do you have your passport do you have this you have that and they have the checklist of stuff that they need those those are wonderful people and they flourish at that and some of us were just functioning we could just survive at doing that Right, we have to work on it, but they flourish it. But when you look at the gifts, the gifts are the same way. When you're serving in a particular area within the body of Christ, you are flourishing. And not only you feel you're flourishing, but other people in the body of Christ affirm that flourishing within you. They see it. They know it, They recognize it. They say, yeah, you know, you're good at that man, thank you for doing that. It was a blessing to me. And so people with spiritual gifts of serving in the body of Christ are called to serve. Right now, we're all servants, but they're those who have the gift of, of serving. And so the tasks that they do, do are bundle blessings to other people because that's their gift. And it's beautiful to watch them. It's beautiful to watch someone who's operating in their gift. It's beautiful to watch someone who's, doing what God's called them to do, but it's also painful to see someone who's not in their gift trying to be in another area of their of gifting where they're not gifted. It's like talk last week. We have those who are gifted, but yet they're in the shoe. They're like toes. They're they, you know, as Pastor Jermaine said, the staff I mean They they have socks on, right? They're socks on they're in the shoes, like. You know, they just, they're just in there just keeping balance or doing what they need to do. They don't need to be right. And so you have those who are, you know, who are hands, who, who want to be with, put socks on and no hands aren't supposed to have socks on, but you have the feet that are trying to come out and be like hands. And so when we look at the body of Christ, you don't even recognize it when people are within the gift. It becomes a blessing to the body of christ it becomes a blessing to the individual you feel like you're flourishing you feel like you are contributing you are being a blessing and you may be in an era where you're needed and you're doing that out of faithfulness and commitment to the body of christ so that the body of christ moves forward but yet there's an area where you flourish and we never stop ministering until we find that place of flourishing do you hear me We never stop ministering until we find that place of flourishing. In other words, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, we don't sit back and wait until we find what that place of flourishing is. We start doing things. We start serving. And then we find our sweet spot where a gift becomes to the forefront and we're able to then show it in the body of Christ and bring others to Christ. And so we have those who who are who have the gift of evangelism. Now, we're all called to evangelize as believers, to make disciples. All of us are called to do it, but there are certain people who have the gift of evangelism. We may, we may lead one or two people to the Lord, but they have a gift, whatever situation they're in, the friends that they have, they're always trying to present and lead people to Christ because they have that gift of evangelists and they flourish in that gift so then what are the gifts that we're talking about and we see those gifts as we looked in first corinthians uh 12 and romans 12 and also in ephesians chapter 4 and so there, there are three categories of gifts right three categories of gifts and i want you to write them down the first is the motivational gifts these emotional motivational gifts first uh, corinthians uh, 12 verse 4 says uh, their are diversity of gifts, how God works in a believer to shape their perspective of life and motivate their, their, their words and actions. We see that Romans 12, verse 3 to 8, right? There's motivational gifts. But then there are ministry gifts. These are difference, uh, differences of ministration, how God works with a believer uh, to serve the needs of others. And then there are manifestation gifts. These are diversities of operations. So there's diversity of gifts, motivational gifts. We all get those who are believers. There's ministry gifts, and there is manifestation gifts. Now, motivational gifts, everybody who comes to Jesus Christ automatically gets a spiritual gift, motivational gift. You have it. It may be connected to your personality, may be connected to uh, your talent, may be connected to some form of gifting that you have but it is your motivational gift. You're motivated to serve in that particular way. But then there are ministry gifts. And the ministry gifts, these are gifts that are called. And I'm going to explain that in in a moment. These are called gifts. You're called to these ministry gifts. And then there's the manifestation gifts. And the manifestation gifts can flow in everybody through the Holy Spirit. As the Spirit of God sees needed, at a particular time so let's look first look at the motivational gifts and the motivational gifts like i said a believer receives uh one of the seven gifts at the time of their conversion prophecy serving teaching exhortation meaning encouragement giving organization leadership mercy and this gift is god's grace that shapes the believer's view of life Relates to others and even impacts the body of Christ. So we talked about prophecy. Prophecy, this, this person has this spiritual gift to reveal truth by exposing sin so that the fellowship within the body of Christ is restored and maintained. Now, this isn't this isn't a, a spiritual police, right? Everything is done in grace, but they're able to see and discern things. That are happening in the body of christ and to reveal the truth about what needs to take place the gift of serving these demonstrate love by meeting practical needs usually through tangible work and some of you may have the gift of serving the gift of teaching discovering and validating truth so that the church maintains accuracy you're all about the the scripture about the truth of the scripture Abiding by the word of God, teaching and communicating the word of God, encouragement, exhortation. Uh, These people have this gift. They just love to encourage. They want to see people grow spiritually. Uh, They want to ensure that people are being discipled and teaching them and and counseling others. And and they, they, they always will edify you, build you up or lift you up. You have those then who have the gift of giving. Uh, these they share with their resources in order to meet needs. They just love meeting needs. They will give you the shirt off their back. They will they will drop you money in your lap. They will send something for you, show up with groceries, whatever it is they're just giving. They will they will sacrificially give finances to the church, finances finances and donations to charity, whatever it may be, they're just giving people of things, of resources, but they're just giving. We have those who are. Organizing, right? These are carry out projects of recruiting and, and tasks and delegating responsibilities, administrating things. You have those with leadership, they're able to, to give uh, uh, administrative leadership to particular areas within the church and an oversight of particular areas within the body of Christ. Some of you have the gift of mercy, demonstrating God's love and compassion by responding to the hurt that's in the body of Christ. Now, God's grace that he's gives to people with their particular gift does not mean that you cannot function in another gift. In other words, as you mature in Christ, as you mature in Christ, your gift matures, and you may also begin to uh, uh, manifest other gifts. In other words, you find that even though you're a teacher, you're operating in mercy also. That's because you develop that gift that you weren't necessarily strong in. Does that mean that you're no longer a teacher and that that gift becomes weak in you? No, that gift will always be your primary gift. But there are other gifts, a particular season in our lives where God also develops those secondary gifts in our lives. So you can be a a person who has the gift of teaching, but all of a sudden you realize that God is developing mercy within you. And it's easy to know. I questioned, you know, whether I had the gift of mercy for a long time, because when I used to go to the hospital, with my dad, when he was a pastor, I would be kicked out of the hospital room because I couldn't stop laughing at the person who was laying in the hospital bed. Because, and the thing thing about it was this, they would always have this voice, like you would know the person. And then when you went to visit them, my dad says, you know, how are you doing? And just like, you know, pastor, <laughs> and I, as soon as that voice came, I started laughing to the point my dad would say, get out of the room. And I'd be out in the hallway at the hospital talking to myself, say, come on, get it together. And every time I go to try to push the door to go in, I'd start laughing again to the point where sometimes I was staying out there the whole time. Or I come in and as soon as I'm behind the curtain, I can't get past the curtain because I can hear the person talking. And say, Lord, help me, help me, help me. I cannot do this. Or the person's talking about their pain, and I have this biggest biggest grin on my face. Right? And, I, and I know it has to do with the stress and nerves and all that stuff. But I really question, I don't know if I have the gift of mercy here. Like, like, come on, get out of the bed, snap out of it. Like, use your regular voice here. You know what I mean? Like... But so, so we are, so we are weak in some gifts. Some gifts, we just know it's not us. We just know it's not us. Sometimes we have to have the courage in the body of Christ to to say to someone who's trying to fit the, you know, the square peg in the round hole. You know what? This may not be your gift, but there's a hole over there, not a hole for you to go over dive in but there's there's a, there's a place where you can fit in over there much better and so we serve until we find that where we fit and so it's not unusual for those who share the same motivational gift to demonstrate common characteristics with each other there's just certain things that you can notice within each other as you just displaying your 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 motivational gifts now these ministry gifts Our ministry gifts we see in Ephesians chapter 4, where the Bible says Jesus himself gave these gifts to the church. So there are gifts that we receive when we become believers, those motivational gifts. But then there's gifts that Jesus gave to the church himself. Who did he give? He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Jesus gave those gifts to the church.
1: And these are
0: calling gifts. In other words, you are called by Jesus to operate in this gift. This is a calling. Where you know the Lord has spoken to you about this gift. This gift began to manifest in you. And the body of Christ around you affirmed this gift in you. They affirmed it. They saw that, man, how you were able to 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 organize stuff and and the vision you had for stuff and and the cares that you had in the body like they noticed the apostle anointing on you. They noticed that gift. They noticed that the prophet's gift that was on you. How, you know, in, in in particular seasons you're able to talk about what God was doing, what God was showing within the body of Christ, what we need to know and hear from the Spirit of, of the Lord. Uh, it was affirmed within the body of Christ Those who are called to be evangelists, where you just knew that the heart that you have for the lost, your heart just beats for the lost. And God called you into that. God called you as a pastor to be a shepherd over the flock of God. He called you to be a shepherd. I remember my calling into the ministry. God telling me that he's going to be with me for the rest of my life, that he was calling me into it. Now, I battled it. Because my dad was a pastor, and I saw what my dad went through, and I thought, now I don't want any part of that, man. I, want, I don't want people sitting there getting upset with you, you know, people trashing you, people using you, you know, people coming to your church. Oh, you're so wonderful, pastor, and stabbing you in the back. I don't want anything to do with that. I saw my dad went through, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. But ever since I was two, three years old, every time I saw the cross of Jesus Christ, my heart got soft. I would see the cross and I would start to cry from a young kid. I just like, why did Jesus have to go through that? The caring for people who are hurting. The concern for people who are in darkness that needs to come to light. The people who are, are young in Christ that need to mature in the Lord. Seeing the journey. Uh, seeing them come to freedom in Christ. There was a calling of God on my life, and I could not escape it. And when you're in these callings, you can't do anything else but these callings. God calls you to be a teacher in the body of Christ. He calls you to teach the word, to divide the word, to, to edify people, to understand the truth of the word. And you get irritated when there's heresy. You get irritated, irritated when people are not talking about the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And usually these gifts come with ordination within the church. These are gifts that the body of Christ is recognized have come from Jesus, and they usually are ordained within the body of Christ. And Paul told Timothy, don't neglect the gift that is in you. And some of you here on Zoom this morning. God called you to be an apostle. He called you to be a prophet. He called you to be a pastor. He called you to be an evangelist. He called you to be a teacher. He called you. Now, you don't need to be in a position to operate in these gifts. In other words, you don't have to be a pastor of a church in order to be a pastor. You don't have to be, you know, have the title on your door, you know, prophet dwight richards on the door you know come to church with a white robe and a staff to say hey now you're in the office of a prophet no you're in the calling of the prophet no wherever god places you you're operating the gift the promotion of the gifts come only through god where god god elevates you then to lead other people right? God is the one who does that. It's, it's no one else who's responsible for that. It's the body of Christ who sees the calling of God on your life. God, the body of Christ who sees how you're nurturing, how you're caring, how you're shepherding, how you're you're, you're using the calling of that, that God has placed on your life. And, and the body of Christ affirms that gift in you, in the body of Christ. But it's sad when someone self-appoints and we see that all the time with someone self appoints. I remember one time when I was at, at the church and isn't the evangelist center. And I had a guy who was, again, he was trying to be somebody and, and, um, you know, he came to the church and wanted to meet with me. And, and, um, you know, as I met him up in the lobby, he was coming to see one of the areas, uh, to, you know, to rent the space or whatever. And, and, um, you know, he just kind of walking around and, and at different times he said to me, you know, like, um, I'm prophet so and so and da 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 and I was like wow okay and and different times he'd be like you know talking me about something he'd be like oh oh like you know like almost like the spirit of God hit him like oh I feel the word coming on I feel the word coming on and I was like oh Lord Jesus why me why why do I always get caught with these guys right and but but he was doing everything to show me that he was anointed and that he was some prophet. and I know where it's going and at some point in time. It's going to come out for me to invite them to come and preach. And I just waited, waited. I was like, yeah, you know, if you want me to come and preach? At any point in time, I'll come and preach. I'm like, man, like it's God who promotes you. It's God who you be faithful in the few things and God will will elevate you. Right? It It was me being faithful as a Sunday school teacher teaching primary kids. It was being faithful and teaching them. It was faithful, the faithfulness and that, that God then let me to be faithful in youth ministry. Being faithful in youth ministry, let me to be faithful in young adult ministry. That let me to be faithful in, in adult ministry, that then let me to be faithful as lead pastor. It's, it's God who did it. And God knows the seasons and the timings for those changes. And there's some of you here that you may be feeling like, man, I need to be there, I need to whatever. No, it's about the faithfulness of serving where you are. And the thing is, if you're not serving, but yet expected to be promoted in the the kingdom of God, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's serving in those faithful areas. Where God has called you that if you're teaching, teach. If you're worshiping, worshiping. If you're if you're, you know, do the sound, do the sound. If you're greeting people, greeting the people. God is the one who, when we humble ourselves, he exalts us. And the calling of God is on some of your lives, but we just have to pray and allow God to lead us and serve where you are. When you're amongst people, encourage them. Uh, call people, uh, evangelize, uh, speak what you feel God is giving you, the word he's giving you for the body of Christ, speak it out. And so we have to be trained in all of these gifts. As Paul was saying to Timothy, serve the gift, don't let it go dormant in you. You got to train up the gift. If you're an apostle, begin to read things about what apostles do. If you're a prophet, begin to read things about what apostles, uh, prophets do. In the Old Testament, they had the school of the Prophets. When the prophets had to go to the school to learn how to operate in the gifts. If you're an evangelist, learn how what evangelists do how to operate in the gifts. If you're a pastor, learn what it is to be a pastor. If you're a teacher, learn how it is to teach how God wants you to operate in these particular gifts so that the body of Christ can be edified. But then, thirdly, it's the manifestation gifts. So, we talked about the motivational gifts, the ministry gifts and now there's the manifestation gifts. And the manifestation gifts are supernatural demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. We have gifts of the Spirit and we have spiritual gifts, right? We have gifts of the... If they're gifts of the Spirit, they belong to the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit determines when these gifts are used and how they're used and he may put a special anointing on someone in a particular area but whereas with the motivational gifts you're motivated in that gift all the time in the manifestation gifts it may not be all the time you in other words you may be sensitive in the area of healing but not all the time when you pray for someone that, to be healed are they going to be healed? It's as the Holy Spirit determines. And so here are the, the manifestation gifts. Talks about the word of wisdom in First Corinthians twelve verse seven to eleven. The word of knowledge. There's faith. There's the gift of healing. The working of miracles. There's prophecy. There's discerning of spirits. There's different types of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And the Scripture says. They all come from the self-same spirit, the Holy Spirit. In other words, you could be in a prayer meeting, and all of a sudden God speaks to you with the gift of faith, to speak faith into something. God uses you to be able to speak in tongues, and, and you give the interpretation, or someone else gives the interpretation. We see that manifest in church all the time. Now, there may be some who are more sensitive to those gifts, and we can get used to them using those gifts all the time that we kind of shy away because they're used to those gifts. But the Holy Spirit may be using you to give the word. He may be using you to pray for the miracle to happen. He may be using you for the healing to take place. So the Holy Spirit determines how these gifts are used. When they are used, we're just open to the Holy Spirit using us to Manifest those gifts. Does that make sense? And so, through the Holy Spirit, we have the 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 gifts of the Spirit. When we come to the Lord, we have the gifts that Jesus gave to the church. But then we have the manifestation gifts. These manifest gifts that as we are allowing the Spirit of God to lead and direct us, and we are choosing to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, we are open and sensitive to when the manifestation gifts are an operation within the body of Christ. So the value of understanding the spiritual gifts is to understand that they're purpose for the God's kingdom. So why are spiritual gifts uh, important? Spiritual gifts, we need to understand that you are gifted. You are spiritually gifted to serve. You're spiritually gifted to serve in the kingdom of God. Now, look what Ephesians 4, verse 12 to, 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 to 16 says. To The spiritual gifts are to uh, equip the saints for the work of ministry. God gave us these pastors and teachers and prophets and so forth to equip the people, equip the church for the work of service, so the body of Christ may be built up. These spiritual gifts are so the body of Christ may be built up brought into maturity, you are spiritually gifted to serve so that the body of you as an individual and the body of Christ may be built up. Notice it didn't say so that your workplace may be built up. Hello? It didn't say that he's gifted you so that the body of Christ may be built up so that your workplace benefits from your gifting and from your energy. No, he talks about the body of Christ benefiting. The body of Christ is built up. The the people are edified. The people are built up. The people are matured. He says so that there's a unity within the faith and the knowledge of Christ. And what the enemy does is because we're so gifted within the church, he wants to drain us in the workplace. And the thing about it is the gift is to manifest in the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is built up. but body of Christ is built up, and you may have been using your gift more in the workplace than you're using in the body of Christ. It's not for the workplace to be built up, because if you left today, they'll find someone tomorrow. They will fire you today, find someone tomorrow. Because they can do without you. But the body of Christ cannot do without you. The body of Christ needs you. Jesus needs you to operate within the body of Christ to maximize your gifting in the body of Christ. And the world may benefit from that, from that gift, but it's to build yourself up and to build up the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. He says, when this happens, in other words, when you're coming to maturity and you're taking to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, right, where we're getting stronger in the Lord, we're showing ourselves to the body of Christ, he says, you know what's going to happen? Then you're not going to be like infants. You're not going to be immature, getting food all over your face, not going to be mature, just crawling all over the place, picking up anything that you see, putting it in your mouth. No, he says, you're not going to be like infants tossed back and forth by every wave, blown by every wind of teaching of cunningness and craftiness and deceitful schemings. He said, instead, you're going to be people who speak the truth in love, and you're going to grow up in the body of Christ to become every aspect, the mature body, joint together, supporting ligaments, growing building itself up in love as you do the work of the lord in other words your maturity in the body of christ comes through your experience in the body of christ as you're serving in the body of christ maturing is happening in the body of christ in other words if you're a lone ranger you're not going to mature as a lone ranger you need other people in the body of Christ to help you mature. Other people in the body of Christ to 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 to, to, to rub off on as we as we mature, uh, uh, to be in con- in connection with other people, to to serve together, to 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 hurt together, to rejoice together. That he says is what brings on the maturity in the body of Christ. So growing individually by getting out and doing your your spiritual gift, using your spiritual gift. You're growing spiritually when you're doing ministry. You're growing spiritually when you're serving. You're using what God has given you to bless the body of Christ. And that becomes the journey of our own personal sanctification and growth when we are busy doing service in the kingdom of God. We're being led by the Lord, being used by the Lord, serving within the kingdom of God. And this local church and the whole universal church of Jesus Christ is growing by people actually doing works of service in the body of Christ. He said we mature when we're serving in our spiritual gifts. In other words, when you're not serving in your spiritual gift, you're not maturing. You're not maturing. In other words, you can pray all the prayers you can pray. You know, you can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. You can attend church again and again and receive all the messages and attend all the worship services. But if you have no way of serving, growth isn't taking place. Because we not only receive, but we also give. And each part does its work. The whole thing rises to maturity as we each do our part. The whole church matures as we're each doing our part. So if you ever sat there and thought to yourself, man, you know what the church needs? Guess what? That's God speaking to you, telling you what you should be doing in the body of Christ. That's God speaking to you, saying, you know what? Hey, I just put that in your heart. That's what you should be focusing on. Help the church do that, because when that's in operation, everything's going to be maturing and growing, right? Rather than sitting back and criticizing, man, wish the church would get this together. Man, I wish it... Look, when you, when you are cursing the church, when you are speaking against the church, you're speaking against your own growth. You're blocking your own maturity. You're, you're stunting your own growth. Each of us as part of the church of Jesus Christ. When we do our work in the body of Christ, the whole church rises. It's everybody's edified. Everybody's built up. When you when you come into service, and the right person greets you at the door, and the right person shows you where to go, and the right person leads you in worship, and the right person you know is operating behind the scenes to get the done, and the right person is speaking, and the and the right person is encouraging, and the right person is blessing, and the right person is showing up when you're sick, and the right person is is there when you're hurting, and there you're rejoicing. The right person is there, like God needs you. And the body of Christ to be that person so that we all can grow. We all can mature. Because I get blessed when you're doing what you should be doing. And you get blessed when I'm doing what I should be doing. In other words, it's hard for me to get blessed when you're not doing what you should be doing. It's hard for me to get blessed when you're not doing. So, so every Sunday when I show up at church or you show up at church, and, and you are not at that door greeting with a beautiful smile of yours and that warm welcome. Man, there's so many miserable people that come into church. That is why when I get up to preach, especially in person services, I look down and everybody looks so miserable. Because we don't have the right people at the door greeting, uplifting you, encouraging you. You come in and the worship person has to try to pump you up and get you up there and the Spirit of God tries to move and you're just miserable and then I get up to preach and I just look at miserable people. And it's all because you didn't show up on Sunday to serve in the area where you were gifted so that someone could be blessed as they walked into the house of the Lord so that made my job easier to speak on the Sunday morning. Does that make sense? We, we so need each other, church. And so the challenge now, especially coming out of COVID, is what do we do when I want to be on Zoom? What do we do when I just don't want to go to church anymore? And I just want to sit back and relax. First of all, I pray the Lord shakes you out of that. Because there are no spectators in the kingdom of God. You're not here to just look on the screen. No, that's not what you're called to do. Pick up the phone and call someone. Go visit someone. Still operate within your gifts. There's something you can do, even if it's in your neighborhood, up in the country. (laughs) Go to your neighbor. Bring them something. Find out how they're doing. Bless them. Encourage. Use your gifts or else you're going to be miserable and your whole family that is miserable because you're miserable. You're not doing what God's called you to do. I hope this makes sense to you, church. So day strength, The time for sending back is over. And God may, through COVID, have been speaking to you about different areas of ministry, different things. It's time to reactivate those gifts, serve those gifts within you, get back on track, get back on the saddle. It may be in a different area a different way, but get back on the saddle. If you have the heart to serve, if you're asked, just do it. If you just see it needs to be done, just do it. Just do it so you have have just the eye for the details, the eye for beautifying the, the house of the Lord. And you sit there in a Sunday morning worship, worship, and you see that little thing that's out of place and it drives you crazy. God is calling you to be active and to step up and to operate in your gift. That's why he's gifted you, and he's gifted you to serve in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to pray. As I pray, I want to pray that God will serve the gifts within you. No matter how young you are, even those of you that were water baptized last week, don't sit there. The Bible says don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. You're in youth ministry. Find an area to serve within the youth ministry. Find some way to serve within the kids ministry. Find some way to serve the body of Christ you're called to serve. And don't wait on anybody else. give you permission. I give you permission in the name of Jesus to be who God's called you to be. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for each person here. I pray for those, God, who may be.